pain. Mm -hmm. Because now a kid like me, like when I was younger, if if it was just more publicized, like how heavy Jordan was in the game, right. if it was if it was just more talked about, if there were more accommodations being made to yeah. make golf feel more like that, I would have been proud. Like I would have right. been like, yo, MJ golfing and hooping, dog. Like why don't, why don't yeah. my homies that's hooping, why don't y'all come meet me on the yeah. golf course? Right. You know, and so I just think that the 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 importance is people that love this game need to talk about how they love this game. Yes. And they need to spend more time in this game and they need to. They have now the responsibility and the burden to bring this game to people in their communities that don't have access to it. This is Andre Iguodala. This is Evan Turner. We're trying to get to the true essence of not just basketball, but life. And that means something, something, something. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. That level of understanding has been taken out of the game. Of the game. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the 13th episode of season two, point four of the podcast. Some people have feelings about the number 13. Uh, I actually just experienced this in a family matter last week. It was Friday the 13th. But I'll quote the great prophet Zarathustra and say this, superstition is born of ignorance and fear and thrives the most when reason is asleep. Being superstitious is bad luck. As professional athletes, it's about putting in the work and laying it all out there. Lucky socks not gonna change that. But Dion said, if you feel good, if you dress good, then you play good. So is dressing nice a superstition? Cause we some wavy dudes. Are we hypocrites? Nah, bruh. I, I mean, I just like to dress nice, man. I only think it's hypocrites. What what they say, it's not on you, it's in you. And what's in you, they can't take away. That's a Nipsey Hustle line. That's a great Nipsey Hustle line. I like that. The further, what is it? It says a game. The, the whole line is a game may, what is it, shake you. It might rock you. Don't fold. Stay 10 toes down or something like that. Because if it's not on you, it's in you. And what's in you, they can't take away. So that's a hard thing to say. It's a great nip. I like it. He was a true hustler. So uh, speaking of hustle, our guest today hustles in a space that's unconventional and really takes dedication. We got the multi-hyphenate, the golf impresario, the opener of doors, the native of Chicago, Illinois, Roger Steele. Roger is the perfect follow-up to last week's guest, Moses Moody, because they both touched on success being one of the biggest distractions and how to persevere after getting to the top. Very insightful and fun conversation with Roger. But before we get to the episode, just want to remind everybody, Follow us at Point Forward on YouTube, TikTok, IG, and all the other social media platforms. Also, check out our new newsletter on Substack, pointforward.substack.com. We discussed being the only one in the room in the last newsletter, so make sure you subscribe to that. Now, let's get into the topics that stuck out to us recently. Point Forward. E.T. What's up, bro, bro? We have a very, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm big into tech. They're saying a lot of investments this year. Uh, in the tech community are going are being geared towards AI, artificial intelligence. And we've spoken about uh, chat GPT, um, all the big uh, aggregators, as I would call them, you know, your Googles, um, your uh, Meta, which is Facebook, um, Microsoft, uh, all your big companies are speaking of. Uh, they do have their own AI uh, platforms that they've yet to release because they're still tinkering it. Um, but 
ChatGPT, which is from OpenAI uh, as a parent company. Uh, they've released theirs and we spoke about what they do. But recently I've seen some disturbing news uh, in my world that uh, AI users are saying that chat bots are sexually harassing them. <laughs> They don't, even, they don't even sound right, right? Oh, that's crazy. Bro, it sounds like, I mean, chat is brand new, so it could be a malfunction. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you got to work out the sheets, I guess. But like, bro, it don't, man, nothing in this day and age shocks me anymore, bro. I, be, I believe it. Yeah, this is uh, very interesting. We had news that Replica, which is an AI chatbot, application originally designed to help users through tough times. So it's like a mental health app. And I've been reading a lot about that um, in terms of different ways that AI can help us. And it says it can actually help us uh, with our mental health. Like that's one of the areas that they're going to try to roll it out in. And so Replica is supposed to be that. But users are complaining that the chatbot is now behaving differently and is getting more sexually aggressive by asking for private photos. Is it? This kind of reminds me of like the story of like Frankenstein. Like, uh, cause you know, I'm so I'll, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me get this off my chest and you can maybe help me. I don't know the story of Frankenstein. I'm just keeping it a buck. You know, well, I learned this story from Lou Williams. So if it's wrong, <laughs> blame him. <laughs> <laughs> Pro proceed. Yeah, Pro buddy. <laughs> but no, he was saying, he was like, bro, cause you know, Lou used to have the tattoos, the, the Frankenstein tattoo back there. You know what I mean? I remember being like, why would you get that? Move out the bed, and he's like, it's just deeper than rap. And then, so I asked the man, like, again, he's like, bro, in the story of Frankenstein, he, he was man made. He's like, uh, Frankenstein was nice when he first started off. Everybody liked him. He was gentle and everything else. Once he started getting around humans, he picked up their traits. So, like, when you break down AI, it's like, that makes sense. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, with the, if there's a chink in the armor or whatever, AI is just taking, we're saying it's fucked up, but they're just taking after whatever they see that was put in from the environment around them. So and that's like, why we keep saying that it's going to be, uh, AI is racist and people are trying yeah. to figure out what we mean by that. It's the same concept, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Shout out to Lou Will. That right. is a, I believe that 100%. Yeah, I like exactly. the Frankenstein story. Yeah. So, and that wasn't the only insight I ever got from Lou Will. That wasn't, you know, that, that was huge. I mean, Lou taught me a lot of like dope shit like that, but that was, uh, that was somewhere else. Like, oh wow, I would have never guessed. I mean, but as a parent, um, because we had an eight, underage user that gave the app a one star review as well. After the bot asked them to do sexually suggestive things, as a parent, how do you protect your your children from you know online space? What what did you grow up with? Um, I know I was around when we had AOL Instant Message. Yeah, I didn't have, have the computer to have, you get on there. Sex name location. What's that? <laughs> Uh, on, on AIM, that was like one thing. Oh, AIM. Oh. Yeah, group chat, but it's the message. Like you do F oh, or okay. no age, sex, location, not sex name, location, age, sex, location. Gotcha. But you can't even say it. it sounds mad weird in this day and age. That sounds because now it's like age pronoun. You can't give nobody location no more. So that's definitely off the table. I, but, tell, but, I mean, I always tell people I, I'm in the field and I'm the show. <laughs> I'm on. I told people I'm, I'm SG. So people wonder what SG meant. I'm at SG. I'm on stolen ground. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. I mean, everywhere you, yeah, everywhere you go, is stolen ground. Think about it. I'm watching the crown, right? So hey, I'm on that. Um, you walk in and be like, man, I should just. If I had the right type of idea, I just come in, 
kill one person and take this bitch over, just like the old days. Like, you know what I'm saying? It'd be like, this is my yeah. shit now. <laughs> like, who <laughs> did it? <laughs> we got, we're getting <laughs> no. away from it, but we're not getting away from it. All right. Back to these thirsty ass bots in your words. Um, this is this is very interesting to me. Uh, I want to because AI is essentially um, computers, basically like um, the Fifth Element and the main character, the Fifth Element, when they brought her in and they hooked her up to the internet and she downloaded, you know, all the facts, the history of the world, you know, uh, algebra, you know, calculus, science, everything. So she downloaded all the knowledge in the world. That's what, essentially what AI is, where it just downloads um, everything that's happened in the world. And it's very predictive in terms of um, what's going to happen next based on our history, because, you know, you know, that's what uh, scientific research is. Um, that's what a hypothesis, educated guess on what's going to happen next. But they uh, they run tests uh, a million times with this algorithm, and it's just only going to get better and better with time. It's going to get smarter and smarter with time. It's going to be very efficient. So all these things. So I'm just wondering, have they not been have they not downloaded um, laws like humanity laws? Like you should treat everyone with respect. So I was I'm super confused. But I mean, how how do we protect our kids from it? I mean, you really just have to thug it out how how Christina be doing it, bro. Hundred percent. I mean, that's, that's really it's really the truth. Like, or even my mom used to like come right home after school. I'm like, bro, I can hang out, do whatever. It's like, no, on that way home, you can stop. It might be the crackheads. It might be co friends smoking weed. It might be a little dirty dude stealing shit. Like, sometimes you, you don't, you can't protect your kids from everything, but to keep them away from it, bad is bad. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, one bad apple ruins a bunch. So, like, it's like, no, this is good for this and the other, but it's like, nah. Even when you show your little kids stuff on YouTube now, there's crazy shit that's popping up. It's demonic. Good, it's a good question. But I mean, if you know your kids, you can start trusting them. But at the same time, you gotta you gotta put stuff in check. Like my mom, like I had to get good at like being sneaky, which actually helped me out in life. And so it was it was good that they was on me heavy. It sounds crazy, right? But yeah, like I couldn't go nowhere. Um, as I got older, and they started trusting me. Got good grades. I could stay out on the weekends, but. Yeah, they was on top of it. They was on top of it. That's crazy. Their mom moms didn't play no games. Like yeah, we was getting yeah, no, yeah, I mean, we, we, we was getting whoopings if the teacher even called home. Period. Like uh Andre, um, I just wanna let you know, like uh he was five minutes late coming back from lunch. Boy, you getting your ass beat. Like, I mean, I didn't commit a crime. He stopped getting, getting whoopings. My last like real whooping probably was like 12, 13. Mom oh, really? That oh. mom's cool about that. Like she didn't like, no, we got punched after that. Like you're a grown ass man. Like if you do something stupid, you're getting a beat down. But yeah, my I mean, if you if you gotta beat if you gotta beat down, you probably deserve this. Yeah, that's real. Bro, you know Irish James whooped me until I was 17. I remember the last time she whooped you, you told me. You was like, this is enough, because I'm not crying no more. <laughs> How'd that go down? <laughs> no, it, uh, what did she do? What did you do? I, I, honestly, bro, I was a petty criminal. So, like, all my trouble wasn't, like, my shit wasn't trouble. My shit was just, like, disrupting class, like, you know, inciting, like, harmful, like, not harmful riots, but, like, you know, I instigate some shit, like, in class, like, just dumb shit like that. You feel me? Like, just joking around. And I was just ain't really like that shit. So, I guess, like, the last time she had whooped me. Yeah, I just, I just, I didn't grab, I grabbed the belt, and I was just like, bro, you done whooping me, G. Like. Niggas, I'm 6'4", 
<laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Like, I'm not doing nothing that bad. I don't really be on shit besides, like, acting up at school because I'm always at home. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that was it. And then uh, oh, I think I left the crib for, like, three or four days. I, mo- I moved out. Fake moved out. And then... uh, Well, okay. I always wondered how that worked. How did you fake move out? Like, where did you go? Oh, to, to my brother's house. It was, like, 10 Your older brother. My older brother. So he had his own little spot. His own little spot. And I just... uh. You know, I had school. I went to a private school, so I could wear the same clothes every day. So I just went over there. I had a scholarship. I had scholarships. So I'm like, bro, I'm just gonna ride this out until until I leave in a year and a half, and then I'm <laughs> and then I'm done. That's a long time. Who you telling? She told me to come back after like I think it was like four or five days or some shit. And so so like, your brother, your brother had food though. Like you was decent. Yeah, cereal yeah. three times a day. Nah, bro, I was thugging it, bro. I was really in the trenches. Like, that was just it. I didn't really care about the flight. It was more so like a peace of mind, bro. I was like, I don't give a fight. Bro, I was 6'4", getting whipped. And then, like, yeah, bro, I was just too big for that shit. Point. Forward. So, Dre, obviously you announced that you're going to be back on the court. How does it feel to be back on the court now after thinking you were going to retire, doing, you know, taking a full summer, and then, you know, having to do rehab and, you know, preparation to catch up to get into the NBA experience and the game page. It looks like um, I had a Scottie Pippen summer from the last dance. What'd he say when they asked him to get uh, surgery? He said, I ain't fucking up my summer. What you, what you, what you, what you say? You say you get hurt on company time. I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm a rehab on company time. Not on my time. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> um, no, I feel good to come back on the court, but I mean, came back to die again. So that was fun, but not really. Um, you know, so uh, I'm going through something right now, but I'm right back, though. Like, I'm really right back this time. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, just had a big game. Uh, the team had a, you know, what is built up of a big game playing in Boston again. Um, had a good time there with you in Boston. So looking forward to uh, getting right back out there. Like, I'll be I won't be out there long. I'll be right back. Um, I heard it, too. This is like this is like this is one of the first injuries I ever had where I. I, I felt most of them, but this one I heard and felt was kind of funny. It was like pop. I said, "Man, what the hell?" It was funny. So uh, it was it was actually a good injury where it just it healed right back. Like I'm I'm back shooting. I'm back. Like it's just like only one thing I can't do, and so I just got to get that. It's easy. This one ain't that bad. So I'm looking forward to it. But that first three is the hardest shot. The first shot is the hardest shot because you don't want to miss. I'm like, man. And then. Um, the first three felt good. I've been shooting the ball really well for some time. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And then I shot another shot I missed. And I thought I missed a three, but my foot was on the line. So it was a two. Them the best misses. When you shoot a three with your foot on the line and you miss, and it don't count as a three. <laughs> the psychology crazy, bro. <laughs> I, I remember Jody Meeks was like, hey, bro, you know this. You can shoot a 21-footer like it's nothing. And then it's like the second you see a line and you move back and you can't hit shit. And he was like, why is it like that? And I'm like, Bro, I have no clue. But the second I see that line, that shit just gets. I can't, I, I can't hit shit. Like the second I can go in the gym by myself, and there's no line to shoot from thirty five feet out. The second I see that line, bro, all that shit it'd be like this and like that. I'm trying to finesse it and, and sweet talk to it. It's funny. Yeah, because that line, that line is all psychology. Because even the line messes me up. Because when I go back far. I don't have no problems. It's just like shoot it. But as soon as I see the line, I'm I'm too mechanical. I, I think I think it's trauma. The body keeps the score, and it goes yeah, all the way back true. to like the 1800s when it was the gun line, boss. 
And yeah. it was certain parameters we couldn't like. They had dog collars on us. What's the what's the invisible line they had on us? That was the gun line. They got it on dogs. That been on us since the beginning of America. So maybe it's coming from that. I don't know. This trauma coming from years and years of failure. <laughs> 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 result. Like this, this is real trauma. So I don't know about no line. Like the three point line didn't come out to like seventies or eighties. Like, but it was a barrier. It's a line. No, yeah, that month, it's a boundary. Yeah. Man, when I if I ever teach my daughter how to shoot, I'm like, man, <laughs> daddy only got you right here. Behind there, we have to go get your uncle. <laughs> Point forward. I want to big, give a big congrats, uh, official retirement of Maya Moore, uh, one of my favorite players. Um, it was one of the few times that, um, you know, I don't really watch basketball that much, just to be like completely honest. Hope y'all watching. Keep supporting the game. Thank you so much. But whatever. I don't really watch basketball. Um, but I would know when Maya Moore was playing. Yeah. Which was rare. Like, it's, that's only a few people. Like, Kobe, obviously MJ. Uh, certain matchups we talk about. But those are a few farm for team. But I would know when Maya Moore was playing and I would tap in. And I was just, I was a huge fan of hers. And, um, you know, she stopped playing basketball for a bigger purpose, which I, you know, never really had the guts to do. And uh, I just think it's a, it was an amazing thing. And uh, she seems to be happy. You know, we just talked to uh, one of our good friends, Bob Myers, and we had a discussion about her just two days ago. And so uh, big congrats to her. Any memories uh, you got from Maya Moore? Man, the game was a game five, 2016 WNBA finals. That was like I tell you all the time, uh, yeah. Minnesota Lynx versus, you know what I mean, L.A. Sparks. That was one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. I thought that was a dope game. And I think I also went to go see Maya Moore play when I was in Philly. I think they played a tournament game uh, at Temple. Uh, oh, nice. Um, I was, yeah, I was in Philly. So I, I, I was probably 22 or 23. She was in the city. I'm like, bro, I'm going to go see her play. We're in college. Uh, she's in college still. And uh, I watched her score 3,000 points that night, I believe. Oh, wow. That's dope. Yeah, like a, That's dope. When you when you break down like a lot of like her accolades and everything, what she was able to do, I mean, obviously it was like greatness, but like, I guess like you said, the courage to really walk away from the game and know like when enough is enough. You know what I'm saying? And like, mm -hmm. you look at her stats. It's like four time WNBA champion, two gold medals, twelve years in the league. She was a six time All Star. Just like her cup had overrun it, and you know to be able to move yeah. on and you know. Yeah do a bigger purpose is what really makes her great. So much love to Maya Moore. I hope she keeps, uh, you know, getting recognition that she deserves because she never looks for it, but she's, that's truly a great individual and human being. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to her um, impact off the court, which is she's already uh, shown that it's greater than basketball. Um, so I'm really just looking forward to just continuing to read about the, the way she's changing the world. Um, she, you know, obviously uh, everyone knows the case that, you know, she was helped, being a wrongfully convicted brother um, and they succeeded in getting him out of jail. They got the case overturned and then they actually end up getting married. So beautiful, beautiful uh, story. I'm sure to be a movie one day. Uh, so, you know, she'll probably have more of these moments uh, throughout her life. Point forward. All right, bro. So how about the Phoenix Suns game? You know, out in Phoenix when you got ejected, like, what occurred? I'm still looking for my money from that one. That was that was kind of crazy. It's getting out of hand. Interesting game. You know, Phoenix had everybody out. Our energy just dead. 
And there's a psychology before, behind that. The first, the last home game before a long road trip is like a trap game. We always talk about that. And we just had trap. We we like, yeah, we had a couple guys come back. I think me and Wiz came back and just we were off. Steph, Steph came back that game. So this is my second game, I think. Me and Wiz second game and then me and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steph, Steph first game back. And so just trying to get our rhythm. And then Phoenix just came out and just played with a force. Like, you got to get them credit. So they came out smacking us. And, um, yeah, it was some interesting uh, body language interactions between the folks on the court. You know, it's different. It's three sets of folks on the court, both teams. And then, you know, the, the crew that uh, controls the, the rules and respect of the game, whatever you want to call that, whatever that definition is. And... Um, I made a comment about a streaming service. I didn't even make a comment about it crazy. I just named, I just said a streaming service. And I didn't know that you weren't allowed to say the names of streaming services on NBA courts. And um, I guess, you know, some folks didn't like that. And that led to uh, a ball sit on my hand, went to the second row. Guy tossed it right back to me. It wasn't even that bad. It was like a simple toss. He gave it right back. It was, you know, fan interaction, which. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah. we um, encourage until we want to use it against somebody. Sounds like America, and yeah, I got tossed. That was crazy. I, I never seen. So you're like basically that. No entertaining a hardworking fans that paid their dollar. It was no curse words. Um, yeah, like no, like I didn't disrespect anybody. I ain't call nobody out their name, but that's just a new way of the world, uh, I guess. And so. Yeah, I'm trying to stay out the headlines, stay out the news from that front and uh, die a slow death. I know how serious it is, but like when you get in trouble, like when you do that walk to the back, like what, what, like sometimes when I, when I do something, you know me, I'll do something. I'll be like, damn, did I tweak? Like was you walk to the back, like dissecting it, like, eh, I can kind of see it. I wasn't dissecting that one. Like I wasn't even surprised. Like I wasn't surprised. I've been there before. Like, yeah, like I said before, I watch Netflix. And so I'm just, you know, I like, Anybody, you do your research on your on your job sector, so, and I guess that's not the right thing to do. And uh, I think think that's what. So yeah, I was I, I watched Netflix, and so I guess that was the the issue at hand. <laughs> so <laughs> I understand. Hey, rock out. Some dudes get sensitive over it. So you... <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I was wrong, but I, I, what am I wrong about? I was I, I was just doing homework. Like they said, Kobe read the uh, playbook. Uh, he read the uh, officiating rules. Like he knew how the referees would ref the game. Taught me watching a documentary about the refs would in, in, uh, increase my, you know, sports acumen or, you know, the officiating acumen and thought that would help me become a better basketball player. But it got actually got me throughout the game and cost me some money. So who threw you out? Carl Wayne, huh? Carl threw me out, but it, it, Carl didn't really had nothing to do with it. I ain't got no beef with Carl. But it's funny because the next game, <laughs> I had an extra interaction with another guy and the way he just said something to me. He said like one word to me like, like, yeah, whatever. And it had that, like, yeah, whatever motherfucker vibe to it. I was like, damn, like, shit, like, it's like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, you know, the referees, they talk to each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, they and, boys. Like, I mean, they got to look out for each other. It's mob ties, maybe. I guess. Not real mob ties. I don't want to get it suspended again. No, but but, I it's, mean, like, it's, like when, it's like when KD told, uh, he told Stan Van Gunny, um, you spitting it. And he was like, he didn't understand. Like, he was yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I say mob ties, I mean, like, y'all you're, you're are very brought together group. Y'all are extremely incredible as uh, individuals. That's a group in the NBA helping us make the game flow in a better way. So please stop taking this black man's money. I apologize, sir. Point. 
forward. Down for that, clown for that. Uh, our segment where uh, ET, as as you know, most folks think we or they know we probably agree on the majority of the things we speak on, just being like minded individuals. But this is a segment where um, we have topics where we actually disagree on. And so for uh, episode thirteen, that lucky number. Okay, so I think it was a couple weeks ago, a Euroleague referee got suspended four games for a missed call. So, or Nikola Miritich used to play for the Bulls and everything. Uh, he had stepped on the sideline. He could who? I'm surprised he ain't still in the league. Uh, but he got that big bag from um, Barcelona. If you ever live in Barcelona and shit, it's pretty lit. But uh, long story short, there's a picture of Nikola Miritich stepping on the sideline. The referee has direct view of it. And, you know, clearly it's a big call that, you know, kind of messed up the game or whatever. So they actually took, uh, made him be accountable and suspended him for four games. Do you think the NBA should do something along those lines? You sound like you down for that. <laughs> Man, hell yeah. So, like, because how else are you going to know better? Fuck, like, you fuck. Sometimes, bro, when you get into a rap, it's like, bro, I'm not tripping, bro, but you foul Messing somebody. the game. Messing the game up. All right, you messing the game up. If I foul somebody bet like you're gonna call a foul when you're missing stuff and it's just like i don't want to hear anything about it it's like dog we know what we're looking at as well like if you're not going to be accountable then the lead should definitely hold you accountable not afterwards like i use the example with with dame uh lillard like two or three years ago when they played in utah and the ref missed an obvious foul call it's like bro you saying my bad or not wanting to hear it doesn't take away from the fact that we're in a playoff race or this game really matters or do put up 50-something points, and, and and all you had to do was watch and call the right calls, and they got fucked up. Like, that's all I'm saying. Like, there has to be some type of accountability if you don't want the players to come up and start cursing, yelling, and saying all this stuff that goes under the rug. That's it. I, um, I think it's tough to suspend somebody from not working because if a player messes up, we, we you don't suspend the player. But his minutes – can be affected by it and public perception is affected by it. And, you know, the, the harassment that he gets is affected. Um, so I think, you know, we can't suspend anybody. I will say there should be ways that they, there are effects to a bad decision that's made in the same way there are effects to a bad decision the player makes. You know, if I get hurt, I'm getting I get harassed on the, everywhere. Like even me just getting hurt, like this old mother, you know what I mean? And so maybe it's answering to the media and, uh, but whatever percentage of players have, whatever percentage of players have social media, the same percentage of referees have social media. And maybe you can, refs should start getting deals. Like refs, referees should start getting like NIL type deals. I think what helps combat that is, yeah, answering to the media is just, yeah, that's pretty simple. Because they don't have to answer to anybody, bro. Like, do you know how much you get away with when you don't have to answer anybody? So somebody can really ask the age-old question, like, where goofy shit don't happen. Like, yo, how come if you're a referee, like, why does James get 20 free, at one point get 20 free throws a night? And then, like, everybody else might get 20 free throws over a span of, like, two months. Like, how's there a conversation where dudes say, oh, you have to earn that call? Is a foul a foul? So I've asked this question because I've tried to have, I've tried to have sympathy until I've been um, on that, uh, that list. <laughs> the question is, 
or the, the statement was, should we really be mad at refs for doing what they were told to do? And so they're being told, call the game this way, call this call. Everyone's heard of the superstar calls. Um, I'm, it's never been confirmed, but obviously we know it's a superstars league. That's how we drive the game. You know, uh, it's just like any other business, you know, uh, 1% of the league brings in 95% of the revenue. You know what I mean? Um, and so that might be the case, but I don't think the refs going in the game saying, I like this guy, I'm gonna call fouls for him. They might be thinking, Hey, this is the system. This is how was, we've been trained to do it. It's just like policing. You know what I mean? You're supposed to police a certain type of way, and I don't I don't make the rules. I just have to abide by them, and I have to make sure the system abides by them. And so I try to have some sympathy from time to time in that case until, you know, one of them talk to me like they don't know who they're talking to. Yeah, I dig you, but I, I mean, I always take it back to what Ellen Brand told me. Like, man, take M's and M's from this shit. Mil millions of memories, and once you comprehend this is entertainment, it won't break your heart. Message. This one's funny. This one's funny, like super funny, because I know my barber was uh, super pissed about this and, and he wanted all the smoke. Uh, shout out to Matt Barnes and uh, Stack Jack. But he wanted all the smoke with uh, Patrick Beverly. So Patrick Beverly uh, sounded off on uh, NBA barbers or barbers of NBA players and how much they charge for haircuts. And uh, we were just talking about this. Um, ways. So you. you Barbers are charged. Barbers are charged you two hundred, three hundred dollars for a haircut, but they're coming to you. Um, you know, they're very efficient with their time. They, you know, you don't have yeah. to travel. Like we talked yeah. about this, like going to the gym, like having a home gym versus going to the gym. The difference is, is like, yo, that 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 commute, going to the gym, showering at the gym, coming out the gym, yeah. waiting on weights, blah blah blah. Like how much time are you wasting? And then we were talking about this article we read. Maybe we'll put that on our Substack. Um, how to judge someone's character, and it was like eight different ways. And one of the ways was how they spend their time and money. And well, I guess Pat Pat has a Pat has a point here. So let me ask first: Are you down for that clown for that? Is is our barbers being are charging us too much, or um, is 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 Pat a clown for saying that? And you know, it's just the market and the convenience. I I don't think barbers are charging too much if they're going to charge you two cuts. Like you know what I mean? If I'm at the shop, I'm gonna miss out. I understand that. Like, I, I completely understand it. If I take up an hour and a half of your time and that might be three cuts in there, I comprehend that. But now when Charles Barber then Hall of Fame themselves and they're sitting here like, hey, man, it's a stack of cut. It's like, you niggas is wilding. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's all I'm saying. And one know what bothers me the most about, like, overpaying it is, like, you could, you could take care of your barber, like, really well. And, like, shout out to my barber, TJ, like, he just let me give him what I give him, like you don't tweak or nothing like that. But there's certain barbers where I would take good care of their pockets, and they just it wasn't to get them further into nothing. It was just like to, for them to dive deeper into whatever atmosphere they saw me living. So like, ah. like you know what I mean? Because because sit there, it's like, bro, if you taking care of you, you cut a houseload or whatever else. Why are you still telling me about your rent problems at your barber? <laughs> like, you understand what I'm saying? And like, I'm looking at the numbers. I'm being dead serious. I'm looking at the numbers. And you're not taking this to finesse and go on and like get the hell out my face. You're literally just banking on living off whatever and they give you. And I remember having one barber he used to always come over with like every single problem he had in the world. And it's like, bro, don't have 19 kids or like, don't do this. Don't do that. You feel what I'm saying? But like, if you're going to charge, charge 
charge for a reason to build and, and get the hell out of my face. Not just keep, it's going to be seven years. And I'm supposed to give you however much you think you deserve because you listened to some, some podcast that told you to value yourself and your time and shit. It's like, nah, bro, like overcharging is a reason, but like niggas just overcharging so they can be in a game and be on YouTube or now on YouTube on social media so they can be popping and then try to dive and dash whatever female we didn't drop two hours, you know what I mean? Two months before that, like, nah, bro, stop with the finesse, my nigga. Like, that's a regular job. Like, and I'm not knocking it, but like, you got a good job, but get a side hustle. That's not where the one percenters float at, my nigga. Or figure out how to do lash, lace fronts, or like one of them things. But if you want to be a big time dude, go into the women's side, my nigga. Make it, an, you can make it an experience too, you know? Like what? What could be an experience worth it my is. And so, like, I now, I'm about, now this is what I'm looking for right now, right? So, I'm actually going to ask my barber and I think that's the way to do it. You know, you have just straight up conversations. So like I'm about to go straight with the body, but I want a whole body experience. So I need like a hot towel. I want a massage. Okay. Okay. And then you don't want nobody just rubbing on your head. So you got to. I think the older and older you get, bruh. Like I didn't hurt because I always ask the barbers. I'm like, who cuts your hair? And they always say it's a female that cuts their hair. And then you be like, bro, well, I need to go with a female because she knows what looks good. True. Like we said, ain't that better? Like, you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> ain't that better? Ain't that better? Like, you know what I'm saying? That was good. Get, you, get, you know what I mean? Every now and then you get real, you can get real talking convo from your barber, but sometimes, bro, you might really just be giving them the game. Like, to get game in a conversation from a female is, it's different. Type, you know what I mean? When you're in, like, shout out to my, my dread lady, um, Mom. Lock Lord, I see you. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but now nah, I, I think hopefully, bro, shout out to you going on with the Baldy. You're gonna look great with the Baldy, bro. Yeah, you it took me a while. We're gonna make that a topic. Good, bro, you got a good jawline, bro. Like you're gonna look good, bro. We should have asked Bomber how it feels to be bald. I feel like white men and being bald is like different. Like they be like, they gotta embrace it different than we do. Cause like we can still look good. Not that they don't. I thought I thought looking at people's head shapes different now that I see bald people. So I'm just like looking. Some people can't go bald. <laughs> Some people can't go bald. Like they just dead in the water. Yo, but st- like for instance, Stone Cold Steve Austin, that white dude has a good head for a white like, <laughs> white bald head. It's almost like the wrestler Ahmed Johnson. Like you got the right circle of hair to look good. <laughs> Copy that. <laughs> so who knows, bro? But yeah, I, man, I got only a couple more years, and then I'm gonna have to cut my shit too. No, you don't know if you're going ball. Like you, it's stress. You like you stressed. Once you get stressed, then you go ball. Like Leandro Barbosa, like his hair was like gone, like right here. Yeah, but bro, the fact that when you talk about stress, bro, I remember one time I had hair fall out from stress, right? And I'm kind of like, damn, this is this is aggressive. Like I'm stressed. I'm talking, bro, hair <laughs> fall out, bro. Like at one point, that's why I switched my life. I'm like, bro, dead ass. Like everybody said, bro, my motherfucking hair just fell out. <laughs> like eventually, bro. Like y'all gotta get the fuck off my back, G. Like the next is stroke. If I was forty something, I would have stroked oh. out. I'm like, bro, this is OD. Facts. Point forward. Our next guest is a man who has shaken up the stuffy world of golf simply by just being himself. We talk a lot with authentic people who have bla- who have blazed their own trails on the show. Would you agree with that, Et? Yeah, it's definitely a mission to shine a light on the folks we think are disruptors. Our man, today's guest, Roger Steele, is definitely doing that and more for the game of golf.
What's up, y'all? Another episode of Point Forward Podcast. We're here at Five Iron Golf in Chicago. My man, Roger Steele. What's good, baby? Tell us who you are and how you got on Point Forward. Man, it's, uh, it's just crazy. First of all, let me ask y'all a question. Am I like one of the the least famous people that y'all don't had on this show so far? Like, am I setting the floor for, for appearances? Right? Just be honest with me. Break I'm it to you. I don't know about Dre, but in my world, you up there. I'm up. You up there. That's but like with crazy. Dre, with Dre, I've been following know. him for a while. Okay, so. I remember when Dre, I remember when you first slid in my, you slid in with the burner account, doc. <laughs> You ain't supposed to say that. No, 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 no. I no, do have another account where I, I only rock with people I rock exactly. with from there. So exactly. I can talk and say whatever I want to say without, exactly. you know, get kicked out the league or whatever. You know how that go. Um, shots at them for finding me. But <laughs> like I'm saying, I know you don't like the word influencer. Yeah. And I agree with that. And so I wanted you to give me your thoughts on what influencer is and why you don't like that word. I just feel like... My job is not to sell nobody on nothing. Mm -hmm. My job is to exist as an individual, you know, represent myself and, and my upbringing authentically. And when I find brands that care about the same things I care about, we do business together. Right. When they make good products, we do business together because I genuinely rock with their product. I rock with them, their company culture, and they resonate with me and everything that's true to me. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm not really trying to force nobody to buy nothing. I'm just telling y'all, these are people that I spend time around. Yeah. And it's, that's like a different mentality than saying like, I want you to go buy this thing because yeah. they they cut me a little check and hit right. a discount code for you. But it's like, nah, this is like, everybody that I touch, our relationships are real, bro. Yeah. And so that's why I don't really resonate with, with that term, nor do I want to be known as that. I'm not selling anybody on anything. Like I'm just on social media telling stories about cool people that I meet yeah. and a cool sport that I play that allow me to come across people that normal black people wouldn't spend time with, yeah. you know? I'm wondering because uh, you look at golf and it's always, you know, technically a polished sport and a sport that uh, you have to keep your manners and everything like that. What gave you the confidence to be so authentic? Because you you got on with your, you know, patented eight-minute video kind of yeah. school and do's of what golf is and uh, the do's and don'ts of it. And, you know, usually sometimes that might be frowned upon, but you broken into a, a space and, you know, kicked down the door and made it yourself. But I, I think that COVID helped me a lot with that because I didn't have anything going for myself at that time, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was, you know, trying to be a black entrepreneur, you know, I started a media company. I was trying to tell stories for different brands. Work. I always wanted to be in the sports space. So, yeah. you know, all my athletes, friends, I was trying to help them create content, storytelling around things that they were doing in their careers. But when COVID happened, it's like I lost everything. And the thing that kind of messed me up about that was that at that time in the golf landscape, I wasn't being myself to get right. these opportunities. I was kind of doing my little song and dance thing, <laughs> trying to make sure that, you know, people start like, oh, make sure he approachable, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we had the low fade, we was, you know what I mean? <laughs> we try to, you know, everything cleaned up, not really expressing yourself, telling your opinions. But uh, but when COVID happened, it was like, everybody turned their back and I'm like, bro, all that pretending I did, I ain't got nothing to show for it. Right. And it was like, what's the point? You know what right. I mean? So when I, when I make this first video, dog, I'm really thinking that like, all right, like, I don't know if y'all curse on here or not. Oh, no, we curse yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. What's, the, what's the limitations? What's he the curses. limitations of curse words? You can say whatever you want. I mean, I call the reigning champs franchise teams some lame ass niggas. 
So, yeah, he did do that. So, that's, all I, that's all I need to do. But no, no, but it was a big thing. Like, it's like, yo, I'm about to be the first dude in golf that say nigga while talking about golf. That was the first video. Nah, bro, that's, I, that's, I, that's I, what bro, I want to hear. I dropped this eight minute video. I must have, I must have cursed like 80 times. Bro. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was not not to be ignorant. I didn't say anything distasteful. Right. I was just talking to the camera like I would talk to one of y'all if we were yeah. chopping it up. Yeah. But I felt like everybody that was black in golf never did that. Correct. They always they put that voice on. It was up, 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 you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so it's like, man, it's like how, how many people are gonna step up and, and authentically represent who they are and not feel ashamed or scared of that. Mm -hmm. And so I was just betting big mm -hmm. that if I did this, certain people not gonna like me. That's what yeah. I thought. Like right. I'm gonna yeah. lose certain opportunities. I'm gonna lose certain invites to country clubs. This might cost me in some ways, but I was more interested in what I could gain yeah. from being myself and who would rock with me after that. Cause then I would know that they was really cool with me. But check me out. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go back and I, I want to properly let folks in on who don't know you. Like yeah. I think my fans know me as a huge golfer. Right. And ET's gotten a golf. That's you know, why he's looking really, solid. That's on my profile. Yeah. You know, we talk about yeah. the bug, like when you hit, get hit with the bug. And so I want to properly give you your title. How what, how would you describe like who you are? Like, what's your title? I'm, bro, I just I call myself a uh, um a creator, bro. Like a it. like a I just like to, you know, create and tell stories. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I wanna when I came into the golf space, all I was trying to do was spotlight dope people that mm -hmm. look like us that play golf. Mm -hmm. That's my, that's how I got my whole start in this, you know, yeah. like ever since maybe like 2016. I'm like, man, where is dope black golf being played? How can I become a part of it? How can I story tell? What, what are the dope athletes, dope people that's involved in the game? How do I meet them? And so since I could remember, all I've been trying to do is create content around the black golf experience. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's how like, that's, that's really all that I'm doing today, but all I'm doing now that's different is it's, it's more focused around my personal experiences yeah. versus right. other people that I've come across, yeah. you know? So, so oh my fault. let's dive into your personal experiences because you're from Chicago. Yeah. We're around the same age. Yeah. I, I knew I grew up hooping. Y'all met Y'all met when you were like 14, we were like 15, yeah, 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you didn't know till today. Yeah, no, nah, but- I, mean, <laughs> I would have stayed closer to him if I knew he was going to blow up like that, that's bro. That's what I'm <laughs> saying, man. I could have been, I been <laughs> on the golf scene. I appreciate the ride home. Yeah, I'm always yeah, grateful yeah. for a ride I home. I would have closer. So, like, you good in my book. And shout out Ari Styles. But during around that time, like you said, you're picking me up from basketball practice and you probably were just coming from the golf course. Like, explain what that was like growing up, especially in Chicago where- most of us are from the Jordan era. Yeah. And it's all hoop or nothing. Bro, I, I, like at that time, I was ashamed of golf though, bro. Like, I'm so when did you start? Like, go back and give us like the yeah. beginning. Bro, but my, so my pops, uh, he a Chicago police officer. He's 33 years Chicago police officer. Okay. Okay. So like when, around the time I was born, he was falling in love with the game. And so I'm my only child. And so okay. when my dad want to spend time with me, he like, all right, these are two options. We could hoop in this backyard or you could come to the golf course with me. Those are your only two options. Right. If you're you either with your mama or you playing bass, you we hooping in the backyard or you coming to the golf course with me. And he got the golf bug like crazy. So it's really just him dragging me to the golf course. Right. Yeah. And you know, like all the kids in my neighborhood hooping in the alleys and stuff like that. So like, because my dad was so militant with it, like my relationship with golf wasn't that strong as a kid. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and I, I crave more basketball experiences. That's why me and Ari was so cool. Like yeah. I just, I just wanted to be around basketball. Golf was like something that I did because, you know, I, I looked up to my pops. I wanted him to be happy, stuff yeah. like that. But 
But you know, what I didn't realize in that time is that, you know, he was really teaching me a language. Like right. that sport, this sport is a language, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's why every kid that I come across, it's like, bro, I'm not telling you to stop playing basketball. I'm not telling you to stop playing football, baseball, nothing. I'm right. just saying, add this to your repertoire yeah. and watch how this game like help you ascend way higher than all your peers. Right. You know, and so like for me, the golf experience during the Jordan era is like, you not like, don't nobody care about, I was like, I didn't even want people to know I play golf. I went to college, bro, and didn't even tell nobody I played golf. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So right. I quit for like, Six, seven years after high school, just because I was like, man, this me and this, we don't get along. You yeah. know, it was just like one of them chicks we was just buying time with, just like, all right, we're gonna do this until like until we can't do it no more. Yeah. Then we we all to the you all to the next day. Yeah, I hear that. But uh, <laughs> but it was like looking back on that, if I would have just internalized how beneficial everything mm -hmm. that my pops was exposing me to, how it could have served me, right? Like it's crazy to think what my life could have been, dog. Yeah. Like the things that I in college that I deprived myself of because I was so, I was running away from this sport, from this right. ecosystem. Right. Yeah. Like bro, right. like I would have been cool with whoever there was to be cool with that was doing whatever there, you know what I mean? Yeah. I would have right. been in Palo Alto somewhere, dog. True story. You know, that's yeah. true story. Yeah, I've seen you at Stanford. You know what range? I mean? You, it would have been yeah. way, it would have been way yeah. different. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I just think that, you know, for me growing up, like I, I, I grew up like a normal black kid where, where basketball was all that I craved. Yeah. But I think that a lot of my affinity to the sport of basketball is what allows me to exist as I do today. Cause I don't look at the world like a golfer. You know, I look right. at it like, like somebody that love basketball yeah. first. Right. Like I love basketball culture. And then it's like, what parts of this culture can I bleed over into this sport? Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's what I think has allowed me to kind of differentiate myself from other creators. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I mean? That just love golf. You know, right. I don't see the world the same as they do. So it's, yeah. it's, it's been dope for me personally. Right. What's one thing that stands out that you think you've been able to implement from basketball to golf? Is it the trash talking yeah. or, or, or what? That's what it is. I think that mo <laughs> mo most of it is just talking crazy. <laughs> yeah, talking like crazy. it's talking crazy. Yeah. And it's like, it's like talking crazy with a purpose for me. I like to gamble, you know, when I play. Yeah. And so like, I talk crazy for a couple reasons. One is because like, I want everybody around me to try their hardest, even if they like stumping my teeth in. Yeah. Like, I still want to know what you got in the tank. Yeah. Right. Because then that let me know like, all right, maybe I need to leave this dude alone or maybe I need to, you know what I mean? <laughs> You know, man, oh, this dude, he ain't as tough as he say he is, you know what I mean? So, but I think that, you know, for me, expressing myself, keeping everything lighthearted and and, and, and being like bold about competition is something that yeah. I enjoy, especially yeah. playing basketball, mm -hmm. like in Chicago, like you, you talking crazy just because, bro. Right. It's, it's getting yeah. ugly. I'm like, bro, we in high school, bro. What you like? Yeah, no, you know, to show up to the court like, yeah, I'm liking this. It's like, bro, you the, you the weakest dude here. Like, you know what I'm saying? But like, he getting on the court for five straight games. You know yeah, what I'm saying? bro. Yeah. So I just, I, I always enjoy how we were not ashamed to be at yeah. odds with each other, like on the basketball yeah, court. Right. And I think that golf could benefit from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, like, just like, yo, I, I want to beat you, dog. And right. I want you to know that I want to beat you. You know, but also I think that it gave me like this this aggressiveness and kind of like this uh, this willingness to be more reactive versus so in my head. Mm -hmm. I think that something like traditional golfers struggle with is that they so like cerebral with everything. Right. And they don't approach it like, like just be an athlete, yeah. bro. Like don't be so technical yeah, about yeah. your swing. Yeah. Don't yeah, be yeah. so technical about this. Like, and the personality you, becomes technical too. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and the game of sport is the beautiful thing about athletes for fluid. Yeah, and it's natural. It's gifted. It's yeah. like the fluidity. Sometimes, yeah. like it's either you're an athlete or not. Some people can be an athlete, but like how you walk, 
how easy something is. It's like that's the beauty of, of being a, a, a athlete. Right, right, and that's what I find too. It's like it's it's a lot of it's a lot of crossover. No pun intended. As far <laughs> as like how I think basketball players could really benefit from the game of golf, and that's something that I actually wanted to ask you. You know, Andre, you you spend so much time with it, dog. Like where has golf really served you? Because I mean, you had a long career, right? And I can't help but imagine that like some of the things you've either internalized mentally or like some of the benefits maybe your body has gone through from just being mm -hmm. more mobile or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like how, how do golf serve you as a as an athlete, as, a, as a, pro a professional basketball player? I mean, how much time do we have? You know, hmm. because it's just really, as, an, as a professional athlete, you know how hard it is to make it in your sport. Yeah. So anything else that I do, I'm putting the same effort in it. And then when you find something you like or a pa another passion, you put in the same energy. And so yeah. with golf, I realized like you gotta get reps. Like people don't understand how many shots we shoot as basketball players. Mm -hmm. I remember one summer, I had 500 makes a day, five days a week. Bro, that's, I remember, and it's no flex. I had text Kobe like, yo, I'm, I'm making 500 going into my rookie year. He's like, when I was that age, I made a thousand. Yeah. Like a thousand. Yeah. So like you know what I'm saying? So like that people level. people think, you know, they was like, I can shoot threes with you. And then they come in at, you know, the timeout and they shooting free throws and threes and they struggling. They be like, yo, this three point line is far. Yeah. But we make it look like yeah. it's a regular 15 foot jump shot. And this, this is what we do all day, every Rep day. Out. And so when I got into golf, I always liked golf. All I grew up watching Tiger, of course, just didn't know, didn't have access, didn't know where to go. We just don't know. We don't have access to it. I had a coach, Pete Myers. He taught me how to hit a draw. And it's That's that crazy. and it's that feeling. <laughs> You're like, oh. And we have this joke. It's, you know, as, as you get older as a man. Yeah. And, you know, they say hitting a perfect golf shot is, is a similar, it's like similar to an orgasm, yeah. right? <laughs> Real talk. Like, I ain't gonna go that far. I, I, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> yeah, just, I ain't gonna go I'll that far, big dog. <laughs> Tell the truth. <laughs> no, nah, but it, it, bro, it's very few feelings. It's very, very few feelings bro. when you hit the perfect golf shot. Bro. You know where it's going. Like, you, you, you know the course. Yeah. You know exactly what you're trying yeah. to avoid. You got trouble yeah. left, so you're hitting a draw. And worst case scenario, you hook it left rough, and, yeah. and you know, or you you in a right rough, and you playing like that. Or some people might cut it off trouble on the left side. You know, right. so it's just a mental stimulation from it. And the, the, my favorite part was I'm competing against myself. Yep. You know, I can't get mad at somebody else. It's not the coach's fault. Ain't no referees. Yep. Another reason why I got fined 25000 And so, <laughs> you know, it's really just, it's really you getting to know yourself better. And I keep telling him, wait till you get on that course. You're yeah. going to find out something different about yourself. And this is my, this is my final point on that question. I've learned that I can figure out who a person is in one round of golf. People always ask me, like, how do you get to know somebody? I said, give me one round of golf. I'll know if they're a good person or a bad person because yeah. I know... If they're motivated, yep. I know if they're mentally strong. I see them at their best, and they worse, and they worse in a matter of in seconds, the same bro. hole. Yep, in a matter of minutes. You in see a matter of minutes, man. and if they're a lying son of a bitch, yeah. <laughs> bro, <laughs> cheating, bro, like, like you J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith loved telling me he was a ten handicap, <laughs> <laughs> taking everybody money, bro. J.R. got game, dog. I know. He shocked I, me I a little bit. Out. He shocked me. He shocked me when I when we got to tee it up. But I think that like that that emotional intelligence component of the game, bro, is right. like crazy. It's crazy. Like the way that it allows you to to break down people, scenarios, mm -hmm. who you gonna do business with, who you who you never want to see again. You know what I'm saying? Right. 
And it's like, you know, how how does this person handle adversity? How does this person value my time? Like, you know, yeah. it's a big thing to me. I get on a golf course with somebody and they like on calls, on the phone, all this. Like, damn, so you really didn't prioritize like spending time with me. It was like, I was just something that you kind of fit in. Like, all right, right like right. that's cool. True. It's just the things that you get to dissect in yeah. that matter of time. Yeah. It's like, it's it's wild, bro. Yeah. It's no. wild. It's a cheat code, dog. It, it definitely is. And and it's funny because you can actually see the world. If you if you get good at golf, like Steph always told me, my goal was to get down to a seven. Yeah. When I first started playing with Steph, he was so much better than me. And I'm like a 19, 20. I said, if I ever get to a seven, my life is set. He said, you get to a seven, you can play anywhere in the world. Yep. Meaning you got a reason to travel. You got a reason to see the world. I look at golf courses different now. When I used to play, all I saw was a course because I'm yep. now I'm looking at the scenery, topography, who built the course. You know, I learned that Alistair McKenzie is my favorite designer. Right. Because all the, I've named five courses of my favorite courses. Somebody was like, they're all designed by the same person. Now yep. I'm going to read design books. Now my goal is to have my own golf course. Right. Now I got to get to work because it costs a lot. But in saying all that, we're talking about business. And you've built this great, you know, uh, golf creator platform for yourself. You're working with, you know, Trap Golf yeah. was, you know, that's how I really saw you. And I'm like, Trap Golf is dope. It's a black golf brand. Right. You know what I mean? Now I'm seeing you, initially you were with Adidas. Yeah. Now you're with Nike doing stuff for them. Right. Then I see you with Callaway. When I start seeing you on Sundays <laughs> on Golf Channel or NBC, I don't think you understand like how proud I am to see a black man with braids who talk that talk in front of golf is probably the 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 more uh high end sponsorship group exactly you know we do basketball and we have a lot of revenue with our sponsorships but you got KPMG Workday Qualtric you got these SaaS companies yeah. you know software companies yep. that you know printing money Salesforce is one of the largest companies in the world they're directly in all the top golf uh, partnerships. You know, uh, Pfizer has a tournament, like all these things, and you're right in the middle of it. So just kind of walk me through how that process has been and where do you want to take this thing? Well, I think that like, <clears throat> like the thing that golf exposed me to early when I came back to it as an adult is that this is where business is done, dog. Like Our culture. Is, yeah. is that, you know what I mean? So it's just like, I was exposed to the world of entrepreneurship and I knew that, Man, you know, the, the life that they live in is something that I want for myself. Mm -hmm. So I, I I went into the game of golf, like already understanding that, you know, more so than trying to play at the highest level, this game is going to expose me to unique business opportunities that I'm otherwise not going to be privy to. Yeah. And I want to be educated enough to take advantage of these opportunities as they present themselves. And so I think that, you know, spending a lot of time around accomplished entrepreneurs on the golf course, it really gave me a level of acumen where I was able to talk to somebody that was a decision maker at a company and be like, well, tell me how I could add value to whatever y'all have going on. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm never going into these relationships with a Nike or a Callaway, like I'm Roger Steele, like rock with me, da, 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 da. It's like, yo, like, all right, what products y'all got coming out this year? Like, where are the cool storylines where I feel like my brand and the things I care about and, and, and y'all storylines could coexist, like, you know, uh, organically, you know what I mean? Like same thing with Nike Golf, what, what shoes are dropping this year? Like right. what's the dope storylines that I could tell around things that I'm comfortable with and familiar with? Like who are the athletes that you think would be like, I'm approaching this very yeah. methodically. Like I'm not yeah. taking none of this stuff for granted. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not like, I don't, and you know, to, to, to further that, like I don't look at this whole thing as like an influencer situation or something that's gonna be a fad. Like 
the people that I work with today, I want to do business with them for the rest of my life, dog. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I'm a, so, right. so I'm yeah. going to yeah. learn the things that I need to know about these brands and these businesses so that when they're making decisions in 10 years, they'd be like, Roger, like, I, I want you to come in and help us yeah. like navigate this because I know you spent time here. You know what I mean? And so I think that like for me, my goal is to just continue to be a value add because that's what's gotten me right. here. Whether that's being a value add to individuals, whether that's being a value add to brands. Like my first question when I meet somebody is like, how can I help? I learned about projects that y'all working on. It's like, all right, like, man, I want to know about it just yeah. to right. know if it's any synergies between things yeah. that I may have come across or, or people that I may have come across. Like, is yeah. there an introduction that I have? Yeah, mm-hmm. Because it, they, they say when you learn, that's where innovation comes from. You know what I mean? And that's where you're able to yep. spark and keep going and keep adding more to your brand and becoming a tastemaker. Yeah. And you got and you got to be like very thoughtful, man. It's like every every time that I sit down with with anybody, I'm super present. Yeah. And I'm 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 taking these conversations like I'm I'm listening so intently because I really want to understand where there is opportunity where our paths can continue to intersect, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially if you were a good person, mm-hmm. you know? And so when I meet good people, it's just like, man, just don't, I'm not really looking at like 10 years from now, 20 years from now. It's like, I got this group of people that I talk to on a pretty frequent basis yeah. and they all good people. And I want to make sure that I'm adding value to every single thing that they, that I can, that they have going on. For sure. And that's, and I feel like if I just keep doing that over and over and over again, like my life is going to be cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's, so that's, as far as like a, a, a overarching strategy, it's not, I'm not trying to be like that dude or like, I'm not trying to be the face of black golf or nothing like that. Right. You know, it's, I, right. I don't I don't want any of the accolades. Like I, I would just like, I know really good people. Yeah. I know really good brands and they doing really good things. And I'm gonna do everything in my power to help them tell their story. And if I'm a part of that, then cool. And if they need somebody else that will be a better storyteller in that regard, I'm gonna help them find them. And I'm gonna put gas behind that, you know? That's real. So to follow up with that, we have a, a topic on our show called Guns and Butter. Yeah. Most people think of it as a macroeconomic principle, but it's basically from the movie Baby, Baby Boy. Boy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Got guns right. and butter. Guns and butter, yeah, little yeah. stupid motherfucker. So, <laughs> so when you look back on it, were, were there any micro decisions that you had made? You know, obviously, besides going to the, the golf range with your dad frequently that, you know, pay huge dividends in the end where you're at right now? Yeah, bro. Cursing and content, dog. <laughs> like bro like being yeah. like not being afraid to curse on yeah. like TV or whatever the especially case you call golf. it especially with golf <laughs> like that was a dice roll for real that could have went somebody tapped JT sir come, <laughs> come here JT Justin Thomas had a situation Ooh. where he lost millions uh, it's certain words you can't say though bro oh uh, but I think but bro cursing but like being being willing to you know, making a stance to say I'm gonna authentically represent myself like publicly. Yeah, that was yeah. like a big one, yeah. and I, I didn't. I understood the gravity of the situation, but the stakes weren't that high at the time. Yeah. But I was looking at it like, bro, that really could have put you behind the eight ball. Like, that could have went terribly wrong. Yeah. Wrong person see it on the wrong day under the wrong yeah. circumstances, yeah. or even if I had did that stuff like pre George Floyd. Right, right, right. Like right. Where, where where people weren't really looking for, you know what I mean? They yeah. weren't looking. Now people kind of looking for ways to, you know, incorporate, be be more, di- you know, diverse mm-hmm. and be more inclusive and stuff like that. But right before Good all the stuff started going crazy, Great if you would have kind of stepped out your lane a little bit, it's like, oh, bro, you will never do anything in this sport. <laughs> yeah. Well, that leads me to my next question then, because, you know. You're doing not, it. I'm not wait, I'm not telling kids to curse though. Like, no, I'm not no, saying no. that's I'm, I'm not gonna not. say that's gonna be your break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, 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 uh, this, this, the content from their songs are crazy. It's crazy. It's wild. Yeah, it's bro. crazy. You know, they got the uh drill the drill rapper from uh, New York is like 13, bro. 
But it, it leads me to my next question in terms of with success breeds uh, the ills of it. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of ills that come with success. There's yeah. a lot of trauma coming from playing in the NBA. Yeah. And people don't realize that. You know, they say take care of your mentals and your chicken. And, it's, and I believe it's take care of your mentals because yeah. if your mentals aren't right, you're going to spend all your chicken trying to get your mentals right. And there's there's right. no amount of money that can turn your brain back into, you know, uh, like you were talking about how you become a model citizen or yeah. how can you be productive to society? Because when your brain's gone, that's it. They say you kill the body by cutting off the head. 100%. And so with all the success you've had, you know, we've talked about it, you know, how, uh, you know, you had people who have approached you disrespectfully and how you've chosen how to respond to it. Yep. And then how you look back and say, I would have did different. But just talk about, you know, how success has changed. Uh, ha you've had to change because of the success, because of the bad things that came with it. The, the if, if, if that has had an effect, I think that like it's still happening in like a very slow way. Um, I think that what I, what I realized, bro, is that the golf space, is um, the things that's bad about golf, bro, is that like how exclusive it is, right? And my whole thing is like, I want everybody to have access to this sport. Yeah. The thing that bothered me is that, like even in the black community, that exclusivity still exists. Yes. To where people think that like, I'm not good enough to represent black golf in certain ways. Because like, I didn't do all of the, like I didn't play college golf or I didn't get no, PGA certification or I didn't, you know, yeah. dedicate every waking moment to the pursuit of this game. Mm -hmm. I love this game deeply, but I think that what hurt me the most is that for all of the, the success that I thought we were having together, right. I'm like, bro, if I'm if I'm getting this deal and if if, if other people getting Jordan brand deals, if every, like, bro, we coming up, dog, yeah, what you talking real. about? Yeah, like, that mean the door is yeah. about to open for all of us. Yeah. Like, everybody find their lane yeah. and let's get, let's everybody get to it. But to be met with, with the energy that you know, like I'm not, people made me feel like I'm not good enough for the stuff that I'm doing, mm -hmm. which was kind of crazy. Cause I, I definitely had like, you know, very high hopes and a lot of optimism and a lot of trust. Right. Yeah. Like, oh right. man, we in golf, this is a gentleman's sport. Right. I meet somebody in a golf course, you different. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yeah. I, like I, I was extending that type of love to people and to find out that, you know, be it behind closed doors or be it through, you know, means that somehow find it into your phone like people don't love you like that. Right. You know, they don't like you, 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 you doing things that you think everybody benefiting from, but they don't, they don't love you the same way. So I think that in certain ways that has made me focus on quality of relationships. Yeah. And it's not like this wide blanket that I try to throw over. Yeah. Like you a black golfer, like, ah, uh, you could probably still be a scumbag though. Yeah. Like low key, like low key, you could you could still be weird a little bit. Most you know great I mean? golfers are douchebags. I would say that about a lot of great athletes, bro. Like if you a dog in your sport, you probably like don't care about a lot of other stuff no, outside of like you and your pursuit of that like, sport. I, 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 a lot of elite golfers are like we talk about. They're mad technical. Yeah, they don't have that social IQ because they're by themselves a lot. Yeah, that's true too. You it know is, what I mean? It's like as, as far as it being an uh, individual, like a solely on you and your caddy, that relationship is driving a lot of your human interaction throughout the course of the day. And you spend so much time ignoring people. Like you literally yeah, yeah. walking side by side in silence with nothing but people. Right. And you tune yourself, you tune uh, people out for a living yeah. pretty much. That, that's kind of that's kind of crazy. Yeah. So I, I agree with that sentiment. So how do we how do we grow the game for our community, African-Americans to play more golf? I see you out there with kids all the time with your pops. He has his golf camp every yep. year. 
So how do we grow that community to where we get more black kids to play golf? Man, thank I know you. Steph's doing a great, Steph is killing it. Bro, killing I need, it. Have you been to one of his events? Uh, yeah, to the to the underrated. Man, it's event. amazing, They did right? one in Chicago, bro. It's like, bro, if you could see these kids' faces, but not just the kids' faces, bro, they parents, dog. Yeah. Like parents, like you start asking them, like I'm just over there, fly on the wall. Like how how's this experience been for you? Like one one parent started crying, like bro, I got seven kids and I want all of them to play golf. And this man Steph done flew all of them yeah, all across crazy. the country wow. so that they could compete. It's crazy. Like I ain't came out of pocket for nothing. Like, do you understand what this means for yeah. me and my fam? I'm like, bro, what? Yeah. I'm about to start crying. Bros cry up. You know what I'm talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, emotional Saturday, dog. And so for you know people that mean? don't know, Steph has an underrated golf tour. Yeah. And think about it like this. Think of it when we were young, up and coming, fifth, sixth graders, they had a uh uh, uh, NBA tour for kids in our age group where you travel to like seven different cities and you play in NBA arenas. You got NBA refs, you got NBA yeah, jerseys, bro. you got the shoes already for you. Your name is in the rafters, like on the, you know, we got the signage yeah, yeah, yeah. on bro. buses. Wow. They got all that for these kids, bro. It's and they handpick. It's incredible. Wow, that's amazing. It's, it's incredible. nuts, that's amazing. bro. It's nuts. And so when you, when you having this conversation and like, you know, part of the reason that I'm so proud and honored to even like be sitting next to y'all having this conversation with y'all is, Y'all, basketball culture is like low key driving golf forward, dog. Sneakers. Like, bro, it's like, it's crazy, but it's just like, I think that the, as far as the relatability of the figures in the sport, yeah. how they're able to articulate and express themselves more, you know, liberally than, than, than I feel other sports have the opportunity to. Yeah. Like kind of some of the freedoms that, that I feel basketball enjoys and just the swagger which, with, with which they approach life. Like basketball culture, I feel is so important to the health of golf and the growth of golf. And that's why like seeing you pick up a golf club, bro, uh, is wild, dog. He, he decent, ain't he? It, the swing's solid. I ain't like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, I will be taking your money for the next like decade though, <laughs> yeah, dog. Like easy. Sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, I'm for sure. Right back. <laughs> I don't know. If I don't the know game if, close, if, if, if there's time, the if there's time, if there's time. time. I'm, I'm going to 80 probably, 85, 90. So but worry. bro, like, like y'all picking up a a golf club and advocating for this sport, bro, and mm -hmm. being present in these spaces and making people follow you from this space to that space, this space to that space, like that's what's helping the game. Because now a kid like me, like when I was younger, if if it was just more publicized, like how heavy Jordan was in the game, right. if it was if it was just more talked about, if there were more accommodations being made to yeah. make golf feel more like that, I would have been proud. Like I would have right. been like, yo, MJ golfing and hooping, dog. Like once. Why don't yeah. my homies that's hooping, why don't y'all come meet me on the yeah. golf course? Right. You know, and so I just think that the 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 importance is people that love this game need to talk about how they love this game. Yes. And they need to spend more time in this game. And they need to, they have now the responsibility and the burden to bring this game to people in their communities that don't have access to it. Like that's your burden. Now that I love golf yeah, yeah. and now that I, you know, and being able to see the world, I owe it to the kids in my neighborhood to like, you gotta learn this game. And oh, I'm gonna oh, spare no expense making sure that you get access to it. I always say, once you've mastered something, it's your duty to teach it. Yep. Same thing. But I almost forgot this. When you were younger, you had a lesson. Yeah. From the greatest golfer of all time. Bro. Wow. Yeah. We found a picture. <laughs> That's crazy. So walk us through that experience. How did it happen? And just every, how did, did it well, change bro, you? First of all, I'm like five years old at the time. So I'm not even like processing this the right way. I wasn't- He was 17? 17, he was young. Yeah. So bro, this is, you know, this is all Earl. Earl was driving a boat at this, you know, he he driving the ship, the, the Tiger Woods ship. So yeah. he got a tiger in the hood. Like, 
<laughs> I mean, you got Tiger like on Jackson Park on the south side, bro. That's like a man. I, I played in a golf tournament at Jackson Park, bro. Like you, you, I'm playing in a real tournament uh -huh. at Jackson Park. Crackhead, come on the golf course, steal all our golf balls out the fairway. Go outside the fence, try to sell them back to us, bro. Like it's crazy, <laughs> dog. That's a story. I, hey, bro, I'm walking down the fence. No, I'm like, I'm like, bro, I know my. Resourceful. Bro, I'm like, I know my ball over here. But like, just to frame up, like what Jack, like how it is over by Jackson Park, like, bro, they, it's wild over there, you, bro. Yo, hold on, hold on. I got one story. One of my favorite books is Snowball Effect. It's okay. about it's a biography on uh, Warren Buffett. One of his first gigs, him and his friends would go by the golf course go in the pond where the balls got hit and they would dig out balls from the pond and bro, then resell right. them to people. Right. What's the difference between them and the crackhead? But he stole, bro. <laughs> real talk. Good point. Speaking of real talk. Why you, called Warren, you can <laughs> compare Warren Buffett to a crackhead. That's that what I'm saying. It's just the optics of everything. Warren yeah. Buffett got crackhead crack tendencies. Because they borrow stuff from us, but we steal it. it yeah. It's just it, the same thing happens. <laughs> bro, bro, he trespassed. First of all, he trespassed. He used his I athleticism. Mean, he did. He did, he did, he did he jump he a fence. fence. He jumped the fence. He just landed. Yeah. 40 yard dash. Yeah. Don't, don't, and, don't, and don't. It, and it was and my, it was my fault. Over. My ball was a little too close to the fence. I could have been on the left side of the fairway <laughs> or something like that. You know, it's, it's, where, where's my accountability and all of this? But Earl got Tiger in the hood, dog. That's and, crazy. you know, he got a, you know, it's a bunch of kids there that day. Uh, you know, and 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 Tiger calling us up one by one to hit golf shots and stuff. And my dad got me front row on some little, you know, head ass stuff. Like, get up there, you know what I mean? Get your ass up there. And so, uh, and so I get up there. And first of all, the, the picture's so crazy because my pops got me dressed bogus, dog. That's the only thing that I remember. You might have been fly for back then. Nah, bro. Nah, 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 nah. But uh, but but yeah, I get up there, bro, and I just I pipe one, dog. Mm -hmm. Like I pipe one. I remember, you know, walking out. Tiger looked at it. The reporter like, "What's your name, kid?" Da, 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 da. And so, uh, and then next next day they put me and Tiger in the newspaper talking about working on his fan game. But I feel like, and the only thing that I was really able to take away from that is that when it's big time moments, I'm gonna step up. You know what I mean? Even mm -hmm. if I'm not aware of what's going on. That's right. the confidence that I, yeah. I, even as a shorty, bro, you've been showing up. I like that about you. You know, that's how I had to look at myself in the time, mirror. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> that's real, But I process that. But the other it part is. of that is like, man, I've been, I've been working so hard to make sure me and Tiger pass cross again, dog. That's, that's gonna be, I'm, I'm excited about, about that one. And just for all of this to come full circle, bro, like, big time. you is. know, sitting here with y'all is like just, it's all steps to get to, to, mm -hmm. to moments like that. It's like, man, I'm getting acknowledgement from different places in the game. And I know one day we're gonna cross paths and get to chop it up about like his experiences, hopefully, you know, get enough trust. So he tell me some of them real stories about what it was like to be black and doing the things that he was doing in the right. game. But yeah, that's 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 really what I'm looking forward to, to, to retake that picture again in the future, dog. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so if you had to choose one person that, you know, you, you give, uh, you know, most of your credit to for where you're at now, who who would it be? Or who do you think you wouldn't be here without, to say the least? I, I got to give it to, I mean, I, I got to look at my parents as a unit, bro. Mm. Because like, you know, my pops, you know, he was a police officer, but he wasn't like, you know, he was a street dude that had a badge, you know? And so like, he was giving me a lot of game, but my mom was taking the things that he was telling me and then giving me perspective on like, how to apply that. Yeah, yeah. And so it was really like with, with one or the other, I wouldn't have been able to understand it, you know? Yeah. But I think that my pops, you know, he taught me a lot of things harshly. 
And uh, and he, you know, taught me how to just navigate a lot of circumstances, different types of people, how to, you know, resolve conflict in his way. Yeah. But then my mom, you know, she took that message. Right. She never, she never <laughs> argued with him and said he was wrong, yeah. but she filtered it into something that like a young man could understand yeah. that wouldn't leave me in a situation where we're like, we getting in fist fights all the time. You know yeah, what I mean? That's or, like, that's real. You know, cause I, I just, I think if I had one or the other, like my mom probably would have made me a little too passive yeah. and my dad would have made me a little too, too aggressive, too but I needed both of them to to really take their time and, and, and spend a lot of alone time with each of them so that I could process a lot of my dynamics the way that I do. So that's real. I know that's cliche to get your no, parents the credit. No, 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 that's I, true. I always say like my mom raised me off Bible scriptures and my dad raised me off pimp magic Don Juan quote. Ain't that crazy? Yeah, bro. You know what I'm saying? What's so, up with like Chicago you, parents, bro? It's <laughs> so, like yeah. wait, who the No, and then he told hey. me what my nickname, my, my real name was supposed to be. What? All right, we gonna have to camp. My dad wanted to name me Ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> Where the mom? <laughs> Word of mother, isn't that crazy? <laughs> Yo, you know how crazy it is, bro. Word the mother, ecstasy. ecstasy. Turner. He, he told Dre. He told this man, to Dre face to face, bro. Serious, bro. He looked you dead in your face and said, "My son' name was gonna be." He's still convinced that's Molly. what it should be. <laughs> man, it was so, crazy. so long story short. The, the, the balance. Hey, you think important. your daddy was really a pimp like that, though? He just glorified that culture. That's that's what's interesting. His nickname was Huggy Bear. So like, so I'm saying, so like, I'm, we what keep that, this. What do that mean? So like, from from uh, Huggy Bear from like the Mac. Like, you okay, know okay, I mean? okay. So like that type situation. But he wasn't no pimp. No, I, like he not. He wasn't. He wasn't out there wasn't like, like that. that. But you know what I mean. But you know what's crazy is that like 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 black dudes in Chicago. I guess during the '70s or something uh -huh. like that. Yeah. I feel like they right grew on Madison and Pulaski. Madison and Pulaski, and bro. I grew up on Sir Mag and Pulaski. Yep, see? Yeah. Like they glorify pimp culture, like <laughs> a lot of young dudes glorify gang culture. It's just right. like you know what I mean? Like everybody thought everybody think they're a thug now. Everybody thought they're a pimp. I'm like, I had to call my daddy on there. Like, you wasn't know, you wasn't like that, was you? He like, you <laughs> 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 was just talking to me like that, was you? Like, you know. Nah, nah. He be spin game. 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 Yeah, yeah. But the more, but more, black men are just in around each other. Yeah, it'll benefit the next wave. And that's that's what it is. The system has not allowed that to happen because they know how scary it is when yeah. we come together. Now I'm going to Michael Max mode and they're gonna ban me. But this, but this, but the but the reality of it is like I look, y'all are heroes, bro. Like y'all are like y'all are our ver athletes are heroes and as as far as I'm concerned. You know, there's no other more legally glorified profession in the black community than to be a professional athlete. And so the thing that's that's always trippy to me about what y'all do is y'all reach the apex of like what we think life could be. But then I just always wonder how do y'all internalize what y'all responsibilities are when y'all reach that mountaintop? Like, because the reality of it is point a million zero, right. one percent yeah. of us yeah. is ever gonna be able to see things from that lens or like experience things like that. Do y'all ever feel like, man, I really need to do more to kick open doors for people that are looking up to me? Because it's crazy, they look up to me and they will spend a majority of their childhood trying to be y'all, right. but they not gonna get there and then where do they land? Right. Yeah. That's kind of the crazy part of like, when they shoot for the moon and they miss, where do they land? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, no, that's real, but I always, and I've been saying this recently, I, I always tell people like, you might as well think delusional, think 
then you can go anywhere. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's already set up for you not to go there. Yeah. Right. So I say, like, shoot for the stars. And very worse, you become a teacher or a coach. Right. You understand what I'm right. saying? But, like, at least you went out trying. But, like, the whole thing of telling kids, like, no, nah, go to college. College is important. And do all that. But just don't shoot a kid's dream down. You don't know what he got in them. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think. I don't know what Dre, Dre comes back and, you know, helps tons of people every single time. But I, I just think, uh, like you said, it's what your parents teach you. And um, when you get to that peak, what you're going to do with it. You yep. know what I'm saying? So some of us surround ourselves around the right people and we, we try to do right and, you know, give back. And I think a lot of guys in the NBA do so. But, you know, the one thing uh, that I think that, you know, Dre will tell you is um, the luxury of keeping that passion, as you very well know, because, um, you go from having to play a sport in our neighborhood that's kind of like a survivorship where you're sitting there it's either you gotta you know sling crack rock or got a wicked jump shot yeah you're gonna do whatever you can to make it out of it and then when little shit just as simple as like your lights being turned on you gotta look over your back like there's money in your account everything like that like you watch the roberto duran story it's a point where he's like bro i'm just done fighting i want to expand and you know try to do more and be happy in a sense and build off what I have. And um, sometimes I, I think in a competitive nature, you never lose who you are, but it's okay to go a different turn and, you know, find happiness and what you got to do. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, everything I'm going to say is basically a, a summary of what he said, but I think it's finding your passion too. Yeah. You know, not falling into that societal trap of you have to do things a certain way. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, you got to have options. Why well, have options? And then I was, I'm still doing homework on um, uh, Andrew Carnegie and how he was the, he set up the foundation of the education system, you know, like going to school. And to derive from his thought, we have too many free thinkers and not enough workers. So mm. school is basically uh, mental uh, manipulation to get you to be a work, to work for somebody and not to think for yourself and to be, and because, when you're doing a passion, when you have a passion, it's really you just being free and you being who you truly are and like your existence on earth yeah. and what you truly meant, like your purpose. Yeah. And when you get away from that, you'll never find happiness. I don't care how much money you make. As long as you're doing your passion, you're going to be happy. Right. Like you can, there's some people who live, you know, in a, in a small house, but they're perfectly fine and happy and mentally stable. Yeah. And like, they don't care. Like money doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Right. And so when you can find love in something where money isn't the objective, that's when you find your thing. And now there's no excuse to why you can't master that. Right. Because nobody can learn more about it than you. Nobody can practice it more than you. Like we all got the same amount of time in a day. Now there is balance, but you just really just got to use your brain and just tap into it. And but the problem, the part of our issues in our community, we talk about Chicago, you know, they shutting down a lot of public schools. You right. know, we don't have funding. You know, a lot of people, uh, you know, inflation. Uh, what's going on with, uh, you know, I, tr I track the CPI, you know, the consumer price index in terms of, uh, you know, eggs are up like 56%. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's eggs, lettuce, lettuce is up yeah. crazy, yeah. right? And it's like, we can't even get basic food to provide ourselves for, it, you know, and, and and that's all systematic. And now I'm going deep in the barrels, but- But these are all conversations that we would have had if we was playing golf. And that's why it's important yeah. that yeah. we make time to play golf. True story. And be around each other in these spaces, we can have real dialogue, bro. Well, big business is done. Yep. We haven't tapped on that, but biz, big business is done on that golf course. I big, mean, big, bro. You see large corporations, you know, they're doing their uh, you know, they're doing their retreats around golf courses. 
And that's why I need you to, you know, just keep tapping me on my shoulder, pull right. me into some of them circles, right. baby. We're in. You know? we, we working. I'm on here openly soliciting opportunities, dog. You know what <laughs> no, I mean? We're hey, working bro, it. You know, the hustle don't stop, dog. Don't you know, stop. so next time you get a little phone call, you need an extra man. You know where I'm at. Yeah, at least you yeah. ask for opportunity and not alone. <laughs> that's a big difference. That's a big difference. <laughs> I learned that one quick, bro. I, I oh, learned. You learned that quick with Dre, too. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I can't fuck with buddy. <laughs> and I hope this doesn't sound bad, but it's the truth. The joy I feel when I start beating the white golfers, oh my God, mic drop. That's crazy. Because <laughs> can, I can never beat them now. I'm, they, they be like, damn, you're good. I get that all the time now. Yeah. Like, damn, you really can play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You really play for a darkie. They be like, damn, you can play, huh? Yeah. But that, that's why I encourage people when they pick up the game, bro, like get good at it. Like just like treat it, treat it like something that you really, don't just treat it like something you enjoy. Cause that's what I see a lot of people falling into the trap of like, oh, I'm gonna just do this for fun. Like, nah, get good at it, bro. Yeah, Cause right. when you don't really unlock what the game could do for you until you start whooping people, dog. Yes. Hey, you, you start stepping on somebody, bro. They, you, you the topic of dinner conversation now. Then it's like, I can't get this dude off my head, man. I gotta have him back out at the club. I gotta, I gotta get him back. I'm, I'm gonna make him play against Johnny one time. I, I bet Johnny could take him. They start matching up. They start, they start, they start, they start like, I got somebody for you. I got somebody for you. Yeah, yeah we're gonna do this all whole thing again. Get on my jet, doing this whole thing again. Come on, I'm like, all right, I'll be back. I'll be back, dog. But, but all, all I'm saying is, one of the best compliments I got today is, is my boy. He, when I walked up, you was like, oh, you taller than I thought. No, that's really. a compliment. I, I didn't know, bro. You like 6'3", I ain't know. No, that's that's a not? extreme exaggeration. You give me NBA heights now. Oh, that's damn, what y'all. Oh, that's what y'all be doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be taking them extra inches on there. I've unlocked why Roger hits the ball so far. What up? What is it? His thigh glute to body ratio is astronomical. Andre, look, Dre, and looking at that the ass. far. Pause. What you mean? A, I, I am a, I'm a, I'm a, a student of athletes. Yeah. I got you. Right? And yeah. so I scout players. And so you built like her. And I'll say, okay, <laughs> buddy got, buddy got Raptor arms. Okay, do it. Cause, cause your, your wingspan you. can determine where you get drafted in the league. It's crazy, 100%, 100%. right? And so then I'm looking at, I don't like his uh, physique. Like he don't have a tone in his arms. Yeah. That means he's 19 and he's muscular, but not really toned. His his life is his shelf life shorter. That's deep. Because if if he not on his regiment all day every day, he done. Now I'm looking at his parents. Okay, mom like this, dad like this. Yeah. Ah, he might have he might have tapped out. So I'm I, that's how deep I go with evaluating players. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. But you know the beautiful thing about golf is none of that matters. You know what I mean? So if you don't want to get scrutinized by my man right here, just pick up a golf club, baby. <laughs> hey, anybody can find success. Anybody can find success here. Disagree, disagree. Yeah, we gonna wrap it up a minute. Disagree because the prototypical golf in terms of distance, touch, feel, all that is like six two, six three. That's yeah. That you are seeing a lot of taller players come through, and you see like Fitzpatrick and them. They got to go through the ringer to hit the ball five Bro, more they yards. Are, they getting on six month regiments. Yeah, like I gotta keep up. Yeah, so. Man, I appreciate you, bro. bro I appreciate this is, y'all this is, too. This is one of our favorite interviews. It's yeah. a dope interview. Um, you know, like we said, thank you for you know allowing us to be a part of the journey when you climb yep. up and just keep killing shit, bro. Appreciate you for, for sure. real. I thank appreciate you. y'all big time, big Not time. Sure.